Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D, and welcome to our season-ending episode of On the Fin Side. Not the happiest of times right now after the Dolphins lose in the playoffs 30-12 to to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brian Catanzaro with Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, and subscribe to us on YouTube as well. We're going to be here for you. Throughout the entire offseason, Paul and I are not going on break until well after the NFL draft. Uh, so, Paul, it's been a kind of a bad ending to a magical season, huh? You know, the immediate taste in my mouth after the game was, well, this sucks. I mean, obviously, they make it to the postseason. You want to see them go all the way. We always want to see them go all the way. But you and I both laid out some guidelines before the season for what we would really determine would be a successful season. Uh, better than 8-8, eight eight, they passed that. Showing signs of long-term quality improvement, they passed that. Showing signs that Gase is finally that head coach we've been looking for, they passed that. I mean, I know you and I threw predictions out there for where they would finish, and I think they they met mine and actually surpassed it a little because they qualified for the postseason. I think I had said 10-6, and six, but just missing the playoffs. But I can't remember what you had said offhand. So in reality, this was a successful season. They they surpassed a lot of goals, even though they had a lot of holes in the team. They were missing so many critical players at critical moments, and, and they still managed to do a lot. So you know what? This was a successful season. Don't let this bitter taste in your mouth for long. Yeah, I said 6-10 and 10 or 7-9. and nine. So it was definitely a successful season for me. Um, yeah, and yesterday it was even a little difficult for me to get mad at the players. I mean, it's one thing when it's an effort problem, if it's a lack of preparation. I didn't see that. I saw just very simply a lack of talent on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the back seven. And when you talk about all the injuries that uh, heading into this game, you've got you know three of your four defensive backs out. Uh, you got both outside linebackers. Or, well, actually, Jelani Jenkins was back in this game, but he might as well not have been. Uh, you're without Ryan Tannehill. Uh, you know, you miss Jordan Cameron. 
early in the year. Not sure if that was a good or a bad thing, but that, that's what's good about the Dolphins is in the offseason, we're going to talk a lot about this in the future. They're going to have after the rollover, after the salary cap increase, they're going to have about 55 to $60 million and not too many players to resign either. So without question, a successful season. Uh, one player who is not being a success right now is Deion Jordan. Armando Salguero reported with certainty, I don't know if this is speculation or something he knows for sure, that Deion Jordan is not going to be with the Miami Dolphins next year. Paul? Yeah, Armando doesn't report with certainty unless it's usually like well after the fact and he's grabbing his pitchfork to run with the villagers. So I have to think here he's he's got some type of inside scoop. And I'm a little sad to see it. I mean, Deion Jordan had his issues, but he showed some flashes of really special talent. And if Miami had Deion Jordan for next year, really they only need one starting caliber linebacker. But now they need two because he's probably not going to be here. Yeah, Deion Jordan to me was always viewed for next year uh, as a bonus. I was never even penciling him into a spot simply because you can't depend on the guy. And I, I always said, too, that I'll defer to team judgment as to whether or not Deion Jordan should even return to the team in 2017. I mean, uh, if they put him on injured reserve because they really wanted to sincerely preserve him for 2017 after the suspensions, after the surgery, then I would have said, that's fine. I'd love to have him back, see if we get anything out of him. But if there are, quote, issues still, then that really is a problem. Um, And also, too, uh, Paul, I was a little bit surprised, too, to see Jason Jones get the ax beforehand, uh, before the Dolphins game. Yeah, I I was surprised on two fronts. Um, One was, by all reports, he got told he was going to be inactive for Sunday's game. And on the second front, that they went ahead and released him. I just, I, I, I didn't see that coming at all. He was a player that, before he got suspended, I, I did have some issues with him, even though he was starting to come on right before the suspension happened. But really, since the suspension, he's actually been a critical cog, and far better than guys like Terrence Fade uh, and a handful of others when they got on the field. So I viewed him as a guy that was going to be one of the critical members of the rotation for next season, and now it doesn't look like yeah, that's me too. a possibility at all. Me too. I was very surprised. I, I said a couple of weeks ago that there were three backups that I would have liked back for sure. And that was Sam Young, Marquise Gray, and Jason Jones. And, you know, sh- surely enough, they resigned Sam, Sam uh, Young and Marquise Gray for insurance next year. I thought Jones was going to be the same guy. Um, I, I don't see, to me, it had to be a weekly effort thing with Jason Jones. I, I don't, nothing else would make sense. doesn't make sense for me why you would, have Fide and Nick Williams active over Jason Jones, which Jones has clearly played better this year. Um, but something happened indoor in, inside those walls that we probably don't know about. My guess as to what happened, Jason Jones didn't practice hard for a week or maybe two weeks. He was told he was going to be inactive because of his lack of effort. And this is total speculation. Jason Jones flew off the handle, and Adam Gay said, well, the hell with it. We're not going to have you back anyway, so we might as well just cut you now. That's my speculation on it. But, Paul, let's get to the grades for the Steelers-Dolphins contest. Let's start at the quarterback spot, and you actually messaged me on Twitter saying that you were going to give Matt Moore a big fat F in this game. I think that was about in the third quarter. So uh, are you sticking with that F, or are you going to go with a little bit of a higher grade? It's it's hard for me to to differentiate between the D or the F here. I mean, yeah, he was, what, 29-36 for 289 yards with a touchdown. But at the same time, 
he killed at least 10 points when he did not call out the blitz he recognized. You saw him look at the, the blitzer as he was coming through, and as he starts to take off, he doesn't protect the football. And his interception was critically just brutal with, with a wide-open Deion Sims down the field. So he really cost the Dolphins a lot in this game. I mean, a, a game that they lost by 18 points sure gets one hell of a lot closer if he doesn't have those three turnovers and, and all in critical moments and, and some in which he recognized the situation. So I'll give him a D to be nice here, but it, it's time to move on from the Matt Moore as a backup experiment. He came in, provided a brief flash, and then was mediocre at best. And I'd rather see somebody come in and develop behind him. It, it's a D here, but bravo forever. Well, I, I would like to see Matt Moore back next year as the backup, and I think he will be. I'm all for, as well, drafting a quarterback in the middle rounds to groom, too. Uh, I mean, I'll give him a D-plus in this because, yeah, even though he was 29 for 36, a lot of those completions, I think at one point he had 13 of them in a row. A lot of them were dump-off passes in a game where the Dolphins were already down by three scores. And I, I thought the Dolphins were moving the ball well on offense. But you look at the the two are the three drives in a row where the Dolphins turned over the football. I mean, it was 20 to six and the Dolphins had the ball in Steelers territory. If you score on that possession, it's 20 to 13 and you're getting the ball back after half. I mean, this thing could go down to the wire, but then there was the fumble. And yeah, you're right, Paul, that even though the pass protection, even though Juwan James and Brandon Albert didn't pick up those blitzers on the fumble, he saw them coming. Um, and that has to be put on Matt Moore. He, and that interception as well was terrible. I mean, after those three turnovers in a row, Steelers have the ball and Dolphins territory up 17 and the rest is history. I'll give him a D plus strictly because of those three drives that, that could have been prevented. Uh, running back position, I'll take this one. Uh, Jay Ajaye, not a good performance here, uh, even with the lack of run blocking. Uh, I believe what's 17 carries for 33 yards, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, Kenyon Drake, you know, is, is continues to continue to amaze me. One of the few problems I had with the coaching staff is not getting Kenyon Drake out on the field at running back a little bit more. Um, and uh, Jay Ajayi, another thing, too, is when he looked at that hit of Bud Dupree on Matt Moore, Jay Ajayi also draws a 15-yard penalty. That puts the Dolphins at the 32 instead of inside the red zone. Uh, you know, people say, hey, he's stuck up for his quarterback. That is not sticking up for your quarterback. That's being stupid after the play. If you want to you stick up for your quarterback, really hit the guy. Don't go in, in, and grab him like a girl by, by the collar uh, where you get a 15-yard penalty. So, for me, the running back spot gets a D. Yeah, for me, it's a D-plus here. The line didn't really do any favors in run blocking in this one. But the Steelers were also absolutely keying the hell out of the run. They were not going to get beaten by a 200-plus yard runner again here. They, they made that loud and clear right from the outside of this one. Like you said, though, too, Kenyon Drake, I mean, he had that big touchdown run a few weeks ago. And then the coaching staff almost seemed to go, ah, you know what? He did a little too well here. Let's not put him back out there. Damian Williams, he continues to impress me as somebody that I can't rec recall if he's a free agent offhand or not. But if not, he needs to be back here next year, which if you asked me before the season, I would have said absolutely not. But he finds ways to get into the end zone, which is, is beautiful to see. So I like the three running backs we have going into next year. But for this game, 
it was a rough one. Hopefully they learn a little bit from it. I know Jai ends up a little banged up in this one. And uh, it's a D-plus for me. Yeah, Damian Williams, I believe, is going to be a, re- a restricted free agent this upcoming season, at which point, hey, you know, the Dolphins want to bring him back for a million a year. I think he is a good backup. He showed some versatility. A couple stupid mistakes down the wire, but, you know, overall, he definitely impressed me more than I thought he would. Uh, let's move on to the receivers and tight, end, tight ends, Paul. This is one unit on offense that I'll, I'll give a pretty good grade to here. I mean, these guys put out one hell of a lot of effort in this game. It's really not their fault to me that they, the team lost. I mean, yeah, Kenny Stills had one miss that, that he probably should have had, but also made up for it with some beautiful adjustments on some pretty poorly thrown balls in this one. I'll actually give the receivers in this one a B plus. It's, you saw a lot of heart from Landry. You saw a lot of heart from Stills. And Devontae Parker continued to show that he's got a season to build off of now going into next year. So really, Miami re-signed Stills. It's, it's great. It's, it's nice seeing Deion Sims get involved again. Yeah, I'll give him a B. Um, for the reasons you said, uh, Deion Sims and Kenny Stills, to me, are really two of the three free agents, really, the Dolphins need to bring back. I mean, other than that, you got Andre Branch, and that's pretty much it. But yeah, Kenny Stills, to me, is an incredible deep threat. And really, that might be all he's good at right now. But he's also 24 years old. He does look both look the part of a wide receiver. Reminds me a lot of former Dolphin Tony Martin as a deep threat. And uh, Jarvis Landry catches 11 passes for 102 yards. Obviously, he had a, he had a fantastic game. Uh, Devontae Parker, five for 45. You know, and I have no problem with what the receivers of the tight ends did in this game. No, did, did they flash greatness? Maybe not, but I, I think they definitely did their job. They're not the reason we lost. And uh, we'll see what happens with, with Landry and Stills in the offseason. Landry has one year left on his contract. Stills is a free agent. There's talk today that Kenny Stills really wants to stay in Miami. I think it'll cost somewhere between five and seven million a year. We'll see how that goes. Overall, a B on uh, the grade. Uh, toward, let's move on to the offensive line, Paul. A couple of problems there. Uh, Brandon Albert, really not the best game for him. Let up a sack, had a few miscommunications. When you look at the James Harrison sack, uh, that was Albert's responsibility. On the other side, Juwan James faltered on a blitz pickup and the middle of the offensive line did not create a whole heck of a lot of, of running lanes uh, for JHIA. Um, I think Jermon Bushrod needs to be upgraded in the offseason, and I think they will at right guard. Urbic's done fine, and, and Tunzel, I thought, had an okay game. But overall, not, not good enough for the offensive line. I'm going to give him a D plus. I'm actually going to go with a C plus for these guys here. Their run blocking was not great, but Miami really wasn't in a situation early on yet again in this game where the running game was set up to be a factor. Uh, they, they got put into pass protection. And yeah, Matt Moore got killed on a, on a rollout play there, but that was well outside the pocket. There were a few times he got flushed from the pocket. Uh, there was a secondary coming through twice and forcing the fumble. But I put that more on Matt Moore because of the scenario where the, the outside, uh, the corners, the safeties, when they're coming on a blitz, if it's off the edge, that's where Matt Moore has to be the one to recognize it and call out. Um, that that's not something that's easy for for the the offensive line to see, and, and that's on him to make that call. Then he just didn't. So it's I'm not going to fault them for those two. Uh, there was a sack that Damian Williams let up. So it, all in all, I think the pass protection was actually pretty decent in this one. It was the run blocking that that really faltered, 
And, and for that, I'll give these guys a C plus. Yeah, you know, on a down to down basis, the pass protection was pretty good, uh, even though there were some some lapses. But yeah, I, it'll be interesting too with Brandon Albert after the year it is if he's worth bringing back at his price tag or not. Defensive side of the ball, uh, let's go with the defensive line, Paul. Defensive line is so odd in this one. Cam Wake was mostly a non-factor. I thought Indomitian Sue and uh, Jordan Phillips actually flashed some very brilliant moments in this one. And then Andre Branch, I thought, was just okay. I, I don't know if our defensive ends were down down the stretch or if the fact that there was so many there were so many holes in the back seven down the stretch. Uh, took away from their ability to rush the passer in this one. But really, I've got to go with a B-minus here, uh, mainly because I did think Sue and Phillips had that good of a game that got completely masked by uh, some other issues on the defense. Yeah, I'm going to go much lower. I'm going to go with a D-plus for the the defensive line. Um, Cameron Wake had a few pressures. Uh, And Dominican Sue, I thought, did have a good game against David DeCastro uh, and not to mention he was being double teamed, even with a Pro Bowl guard on him. That other defensive tackle spot is, to me, a position that may even need to be upgraded in the offseason. I know Jordan Phillips has potential, but you look at the last three games, there are three or four drives. Jordan Phillips absolutely destroyed the person in front of him and then disappears for the rest of the game. So I think next year, the Dolphins, they need to re-sign Andre Branch. Um, and they need to get two defensive ends and maybe another defensive tackle as well. Because this this seven eight man rotation, when you're bringing players in like a hurt Mario Williams, Nick Williams, Terrence Fide, uh, uh, they've been embarrassing as backups. I mean, when's when when is the last time Terrence Fide has made a play in the last year and a half? When's the last time he's been relevant in the last year? And Ooh, a half? I know. Um, I know when he when he roughed the punter early this season. And, yeah, and when he roughed the punter. The game. Yeah, well, yeah, should have been cut after that game. You know, he's just not very good. And defensive uh, defensive tackle, I see Earl Mitchell and Jordan Phillips. When you see those running plays, you see them getting wiped out of the play. And then you you see that going down to the linebackers. They get wiped out, too. And now you understand why you get all these 10 to 15-yard runs all the, the time throughout the game. So, no, I think Andre Branch, to me, has disappointed the last three or four games, which actually could work out in the Dolphins' favor because – if he ended the season with nine or 10 sacks, then we could be talking about an eight, nine, $10 million a year type player to resign. But he finishes with five and a half, not too good in the last few games, but I think he's somebody who needs to be resigned. But overall, not enough pass rush in this game. And it's what the Dolphins defense is predicated on. I'm going to give him a D plus. Uh, the linebacker position continues and continues to get worse. And, uh, you know, to me, the biggest need of the offseason is this. Uh, Kiko Alonso, you can run right at him at middle linebacker, uh, but he does flash some really good plays. You look at him stuffing Le'Veon Bell twice at the goal line. and But at outside linebacker, Neville Hewitt, Jelani Jenkins, Spencer Paysinger, guys are just not good enough. Um, you know, I, I think Neville Hewitt and Mike, Mike Hall will be back after – after the season on cheap contracts, but the rest, as far as I'm concerned, I could take them or leave them. Jelani Jenkins can't play this year. Uh, maybe it's the injury, maybe it's not, but the Dolphins very badly need um, a big-time linebacker, preferably one in the middle to kick Kiko Alonso to the outside. Overall, Paul, I'm going to give them a D. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to change the pluralization of two of the things you said there. I, I, I'm going to grade the linebacker in this one because – the other two might as well not even been on the field, no matter which ones it was. So I thought Kiko had an okay game, but like you, I'd love to see him get kicked outside 
next year. Uh, would have looked beautiful this season if they had Reggie Ragland next to him uh, in 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 the middle of the field. But that's that's here nor there. I wouldn't change the two guys that Miami ended up getting either. Uh, but yeah, it, it's like you said, the outside linebacker position is the biggest hole in this team right now. And, and you know, sliding Kiko out, getting somebody in the middle, getting somebody to go next to him would be great. I have no problem with Hall or Hewitt being back next year, but they are not starter material right now and need to be behind those starters. I also wouldn't mind Pacinger as 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 a backup and special teamer, but I could take or leave it like you said. And yeah, for me it's a it's probably a C minus here. Uh defensive back to I you know, I look at this position. Tony Lippitt, who I've really become a fan of throughout the season, had a just a nightmare of a first half against Antonio Brown. I, I never understand why Tony Lippitt plays off the football because he can't tackle to save his life. He's not his body isn't big enough to take to take those massive hits. He easily gets wiped out. Uh, you saw in the first touchdown to Antonio Brown. You know you've got you've got him getting wiped out of the play. Then on the second touchdown, I thought he actually had pretty good coverage given that it was Roethlisberger throwing the ball to Antonio Brown, but um, he catches it, outruns Bakari Rambo, which tends to be a weekly thing, takes it to the house. But the thing that pisses me off the most about what Lippitt does too often is he plays way beyond the sticks on, on third and five or third and six. There were two big third downs that the Steelers got because of that. And I don't think that's Vance Joseph's fault. I don't think Vance Joseph is telling him, to play 10 yards back and not let the guy get the first down. I Maybe Kevin Coyle did that. I don't think Vance Joseph's doing that. Xavier Howard, congratulations to him on his first career interception. It was meaningless, but congratulations to him. I actually think Howard, even though he's a step slow right now, is going to be a pretty good player. But uh, overall, um, you know, just, just a terrible performance regardless of the injuries. Injuries. I mean, at one point, Ben Roethlisberger was 11, uh, 11 for 11 throwing the football. Actually, 10 for 11, but his incompletion was a, a pass interference by Xavier Howard. So overall, I've got to give him a D-. minus. For, for me, uh, I, I really didn't have a huge problem with how the corners played, which, which seems insane considering the fact that Antonio Brown just torched Lippitt early on in the first quarter uh, and, and for the majority of it. But he got no help. I mean, there there were about five missed tackles after the fact when he went streaking down the sideline. I, I do agree with it needs to play a little closer to the ball. I, I don't fully agree that Vance Joseph has no role in that, mainly because we've seen so many times this season where Byron Maxwell ends up being off the ball as well. And Maxwell's a press man corner. He knows where he makes his money. When he when he's up on the guys, he shuts down the number one receivers. And yeah, the, the corners on this in this game, man, they were on such an island because normally you can count on having safety help, and, and Miami was forced to start mediocre and piss poor back there um, at, at safety. And in, in Michael Thomas, who I thought was just mediocre in this one, even though he had an interception. And Bakari Rambo, who essentially his highlight film from this year is going to be opponents getting touchdowns, running over, through, and around him, or him just running out and being out of position, being yelled at by a rookie who seems to understand defensive schemes better than he does. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, I don't fault him because it just seems to be a pure lack of ability and football IQ. But Bakari Rambo has no business being on an NFL field anymore unless it's helping out on the sidelines. Um, so, yeah, it's for me. It's a D plus, but I, I didn't have a huge problem with the corners in this one. It, it was the safety play 
that 100% hurt it for me. I had a problem with all of it. And even though on, even though, you know, there have been times where Maxwell and other cornerbacks have played far off on the ball a little bit too much this year, I, I do think they tighten up on third down and Tony Lippett wasn't doing that. And I, I you know, I, I just have a hard time believing that when it's third and five that he's being told to play, you know, 10 yards beyond the sticks. I, I, I think that's a Tony Lippett problem on that play, but who knows? Special teams, Paul. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Not, not a whole heck of a lot to uh, report on. Yeah, Jakeem Grant needs to work on his ball security in the offseason. Andrew Franks, meh. I did think Kenyon Drake had a really beautiful uh, kickoff return and looked good on kickoff returns yet again. Matt Darr had his, had his typical up-and-down day that we, we've seen from him this year, and, and I hate to say it because I love the kid, but unless he's nursing an injury that the coaching staff knows about, they need to bring in some competition this offseason, uh, mainly based on the strength of Kenyon Drake and, and some of the coverage units. I'll, I'll give this team the special teams a C, but there needs to be some upgrades this offseason in a few key areas. Yeah, I'll give him a C+. Plus. Um I love their ability to prevent the the returner from getting to the 25-yard line. That That's really good. And Spencer Paysinger is a really big part of that, too. That's like you. That's why I would like to see him back next year. I actually wish Paysinger would have played a little bit more than Donald Butler and Jelani Jenkins uh, here this uh <clears throat> Uh, over the last couple of games. But yeah, Jakeem Grant, to me, it's it's absolutely silly at this point why you would have him returning kicks. I mean, and, and not necessarily because it's unforgivable that he's muffed this many, but because you've got Jarvis Landry, you've got Kenyon Drake on your team. Jakeem Grant is the third best returner you have, and he has put the ball on the ground five times in the last six games. I, even twice in six games for me would be unacceptable. So I, I do think there's a way to go with Jakeem Grant. I think he has special speed. I think he's worth keeping around, but if you get to next year and this guy is returning kicks and returning punts and putting the ball on the ground again, I don't want him even on the roster anymore. Uh, Kenyon Drake, fantastic uh, kick return ability, brought one back past um, past the 40-yard line. Um, Dar, yeah, up and down again. I, I do hope there's competition with Franks and Dar for those jobs. I'll give the special teams a C+. Plus. Yeah, and one thing I forgot to mention here, too, and, and – I was hoping you'd touch on it, but I think we both left it out, was it was nice seeing Miami go for that fake punt and, and seeing Michael Thomas manage to scrunch his way through and get that first down. I mean, that that could have proved to be a very critical moment this game if we hadn't turned the ball over so damn much um, on stupid plays. So, you know, that, that was definitely a, a positive with the special teams here. Yeah, I'm always surprised that you don't see that more often on fourth and inches where they just hike it to the – guy closest to the line and he charges ahead. I mean, I, I, I think they should be do, doing that more. Very good play call. Uh, so, Paul, that, that'll do it for us here at the end of the 2016 season. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we call it a show? No, I can't wait to, to, to sit down and, and talk about all the offseason stuff. I know you and I kind of geek out for it. Uh, I know we've got a, a ton to cover here in the coming months. So I, I'm just looking forward to it, man. I think we're going to have a good time with it. Yeah, the, uh, my brothers used to joke with me that uh, they'd say, you don't even like football. You just like the, the transactions and the draft. I'm like, no, no, they might be right on that. <laughs> I mean, obviously not liking <laughs> football part, but I tend to like parts of the off season more than I actually do the regular season. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I look forward to it and uh, we will call it a 2016 season. And if it's not on the right side, and it's not on the left side, it's on the thin side. Solo D take us home. 
It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. We rep our team, you can't change, stop or ruin it. All we need is to figure what to do to win. Fans radio, live and direct. Win or lose, we're showing up for every contest. No puppet talk, it's all raw and unfiltered. Voice of the fans when the season looks peculiar. Rockin' Apple Orange over here, and you familiar. Every week they coming through our speakers to fulfill the crepe we have to hear about our team and all the latest news. Vets, the rookies trying to make the team paying dues. Current players and alumni interviews. City to city, state to state, follow the moves. Call the hotline, Dolphins talk, set to go. Best sports team and show all across the globe. Fin. app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.